want to continue tonight to just think a little bit about our theme, Hands to the Plow Tonight. And I want us to look at the man, Caleb, tonight. We, we know this man. We probably know this passage. And really just want to be an encouragement to us tonight. Joshua, let's, let's look at one verse in Joshua chapter number 13. Y'all forgive me, the lights are just shining differently tonight. I don't. Maybe it's just me. It's okay, Colton. You don't have to change them. You don't have to change them. I've just never noticed that before. Seeing lights. Does that mean something? If I fall out, y'all come get me, okay? Adam, I'm glad you're here tonight. Joshua 13. Hey, let me say this. Good to have. Uh, Monica and Scott here tonight. I don't think they'd mind me saying, but we've been praying uh, for Monica the past few weeks for the baby to turn. It was breech, and the baby did turn. Praise the Lord for that, and um, should be delivering soon within the next few weeks, and just pray for Scott and Monica, and pray for the baby. Joshua chapter number 13, and I want to bring you a message tonight entitled, Hands Like Caleb. Hands Like Caleb. Caleb. I don't know what kind of hands Caleb had. I don't know if they were big. I don't know if they were average, ordinary. Um, but we're not speaking of necessarily his physical hands tonight. But I want us to see and I want us to speak about Caleb's hands tonight. Hands like Caleb. My daddy had some of the biggest hands of any man I have ever known. And he did so because uh, he he just, he farmed for 40, 50 years, but really I think the, the big reason was because he milked cows for about 50 years. Now, probably the last 20 or 30, it was all electric, but uh, he milked cows for 40 or 50 years, and his hands, probably one of his hands would, would have been two of mine. And he had the, the biggest physical hands. Even though my dad wasn't a big man, he wasn't super tall, but he had huge hands and huge forearms, and I will always remember that about my dad. And it's because he worked hard, and uh, he worked all of his life. And uh, I milked cows for 20 years, and I still have small hands. So I, I don't know what the, uh, I, I guess it's because we, we had it easy. We had electrical milkers when, uh, when I helped. But we're speaking tonight not about physical hands, although that may have a part in it. We're speaking tonight about spiritual hands. I want us to begin in Joshua 13, just I want us to see one verse, and I want, us, I want to encourage us tonight and say we all need to have hands like Caleb because of what we find in Joshua chapter number 13 and verse number 1. The Bible says, Now Joshua was old and stricken in years, and the Lord said unto him, Thou art old and stricken in years. How would you like the Lord to tell you that? Most of us don't, have, don't need anybody to tell us that, do we? We, we know. Okay, we, we know our age, we feel it. But he said, Thou art old and stricken in years, notice this, and there remaineth yet very much land to be possessed. This is why we, we've, we've said it many, many times, and we'll continue to say it, every generation, every generation has to advance. Because there's always land... To possess. My children can't, now they can, but it's not going to be profitable for them. My children can't ride on my coattails spiritually. They have to advance themselves. And here in Joshua chapter number 13, the Bible tells us, and God tells Joshua, the Lord tells Joshua, look, you're old and stricken in years, and there remaineth yet very much land to be possessed. So somebody tell me, what does that mean? If there was much land to be possessed and Joshua was old, what does that mean? Say that again. Job's not done. There's land that still remains and there are leaders who must be replaced. Right? There's land that remains. In Joshua's day, the Lord came to him and said, Look, you're old and stricken in years, but there's a lot of land still left. There was land that still remained. 
And there were leaders that were going to have to be replaced, Joshua being one of them. And because of that, every single one of us tonight, spiritually speaking, need to have hands like Caleb. Why? Because Caleb kept his hands to the plow. Would you look at chapter 14? Joshua chapter number 14. Let's begin reading in verse number 6. And I'm going to give you tonight a very simple message tonight. I'm going to give you three characteristics of Caleb's hands tonight that we find in these verses, verses 6 down through the end of the chapter. Then the children of Judah came unto Joshua in Gilgal, and Caleb, excuse me, Caleb the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, said unto him, Thou knowest the thing that the Lord said unto Moses, the man of God, concerning me, and thee in Kadesh Barnea. Forty years old was I when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to espy out the land. And I brought him word again as it was in mine heart. Nevertheless, you see, here's the thing. Caleb had a different heart. Caleb and Joshua had different hearts than the other ten spies. He said, I, I, I told you what was in mine heart. What, what did Caleb tell him in his heart? Now, by the way, they all twelve came back and gave the same physical report. They, they said the land is great, the land is, is, is wonderful, look at the grapes, but cities are walled, the giants are there. That was the physical report. But the Bible says here, Caleb said, look, I, I gave you the report that was in my heart, and what was in Caleb's heart? Let's go get it. Let's go take it. They are bread for us, he says in Numbers chapter 14. Let's go do it. I told you what was in my heart. Nevertheless, my brethren that went up with me made the heart of the people melt. But I wholly followed the Lord my God. And Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land whereon thy feet have trodden shall be thine inheritance and thy children's forever, because thou hast wholly followed the Lord my God. And now, behold, the Lord hath kept me alive, as he said, these forty and five years, even since the Lord spake this word unto Moses, while the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness. And now, lo... I am this day fourscore and five years old. How old is that? Eighty-five. As yet, I am as strong this day as I was in the day that Moses sent me. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Whoa, boy! Eighty-five still have the same strength I had when I was forty! He says, as my strength was then, even so is my strength now for war both to go out and to come in. Now therefore give me this mountain, wherefore, excuse me, whereof the Lord spake in that day, for thou heardest in that day how the Anakims were there, and that the cities were great and fenced. If so be the Lord will be with me, then I shall be able to drive them out, as the Lord said. And Joshua blessed him and gave unto Caleb the son of Jephunneh, Hebron, for an inheritance. Hebron therefore became the inheritance of Caleb the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, unto this day, because that he wholly followed the Lord God of Israel. Now let me say this tonight just as a sidebar, a side note. Your mountain tonight, he's talking about a physical mountain here. He's talking about a a physical possession, a piece of land. Your mountain may be different tonight. But there in, in this auditorium tonight, every single one of us ought to be able to say tonight, I want that mountain, whatever that mountain may be. That mountain may be that mountain may be a good family. That mountain may be a peaceable home. That mountain may be a good marriage. That mountain may be that, that, that our church will continue and increase and grow and continue for another 75 years. Whatever that mountain is, it may be different tonight. But by the way, in many aspects, it should be the same. Every single one of us tonight ought to say, I want that mountain. And then we ought to go get it. Because we have hands like Caleb. In the name of Hebron, verse 15, before was Kerjath Arba, which Arba was a great man among the Anakims. He's going to change the name. Or the name had already been changed. It was changed to Hebron. Been changed. It used to be Kerjath Arba because of Arba, which was a great man among the Anakims. And the land had rest from war. And so tonight I want us to think about this subject, hands like Caleb. And I'd like to give us three characteristics of those hands And I'm praying that the Lord will stir our hearts and move our hearts tonight for us to do some honest inspection in our own lives tonight and say, do I have those kind of spiritual hands tonight? Is that me? 
Now, by the way, you're here on Sunday night, and so in many aspects, I could probably answer, for the most part, I would say, yeah, you do, because you're here. You want to be here. You want to, you, you want to grow. You want to be helped from God's Word. But may tonight we be honest and say, Lord, is that me? Do, do I go after the mountain, whatever that mountain may be? Do I go after it the way Caleb did? Do I stay at it? And so may the Lord help us tonight. Let's pray and ask Him to help tonight. We'll get right into the message. Father, we love you tonight. Father, we're grateful for the day that you've given us already. Thank you for the good morning. Thank you for Brother Maeda and Miss Jenny being able to be with us today. And thank you for the good word that we heard this morning, even in 1 Corinthians 15 and in Luke chapter number 19 in the Sunday school class. Father, thank you for the encouragement. Thank you for the challenge. Father, thank you for the Maedas and what you've used them to do. They're just vessels, but they're willing vessels. And Lord, you've, you've filled those vessels up and they've poured it out and they've ministered and they've given the gospel and they've preached. And Father, you've used them. Father, I pray that you'll continue to do so. And Father, I pray the same for us here tonight at Maranatha Baptist Church. I don't pray any different for us. We're no different. We're just in a different part of the world. Father, we, we serve you just like the Mayatas do. Father, we can be usable vessels just like they are. You can fill us up. We can pour it out. You can fill us up. We can pour it out and give and give and give. We can be a channel tonight. May we, may we be so. But Lord, tonight I pray that you'd help us to take the story of Caleb and the man Caleb Father, I pray that we'd be encouraged by these characteristics tonight that we see in this man. And as we think about hands to the plow and keeping our hands to the plow tonight, may we do so. Lord, may we not just finish the year strong. Lord, may we not just stay faithful these next three months. But Father, as a new year rolls around, if, if you would will, Lord, I pray that we would continue in 2024 just to keep our hands to the plow and for year after year and Week after week, day after day, month after month, Father, just keep pressing on. Just keep serving. Just keep our hands to the plow. Teach us and help us tonight. Father, I do pray, and I know this is Sunday night crowd, but Father, if there be one here tonight that has never come to the saving knowledge of Christ, may tonight be tonight that that blood washes away their sins. May tonight be that night that they are born again. Lord, please help. Please convict. May your Holy Spirit have freedom tonight. We'll thank you and praise you for it. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Number one tonight, I want us to see this. Caleb's hands, number one, were not deterred by painful disappointments. Number one tonight, as we think about the characteristics of Caleb's hands and as we think about a man who said, you know what, I want that mountain. This is the place that, that God promised me, that Moses promised me when we, 45 years ago, when we went out and we spied out the land and this is the mountain that I was promised and I want that land. And let me say this first tonight, that Caleb's hands were not deterred by painful disappointments. You see, we'll never be able to, to receive or to realize, if you will tonight, that mountain if we quit. Many times the going gets tough and we're not seeing immediate results and so we throw in the towel, we quit. Listen, sometimes results take years. Sometimes results take decades. It took Caleb 40 plus years to be able to get to the point where he was going to be able to go to that mountain and that land that God had promised him. By the way, he was ready years before. He was ready to go into the promised land when everybody else wasn't. And number one tonight, Caleb's hands were not deterred by, excuse me, painful disappointments. Take your Bibles if you would. And let's go back. We've already referenced this, but let's go back to Numbers chapter 13. It was not deterred by painful disappointments. Numbers chapter 13, we have the account of the spies. Moses send them, excuse me, sends them out. They're encamped at Kadesh Barnea. Kadesh Barnea is a is a wonderful study in that Kadesh Barnea is the place of decision. And every single one of us tonight, we're going to have many Kadesh Barnea moments in our lives. These are places of decision. And every time we come to that place of decision, God is calling upon us to trust Him for that decision. 
not trust the circumstances, not trust everybody else's opinion, but to trust, to have courage, to have faith in the promises that He's already made. Numbers chapter 13, beginning in verse number 26. The Bible says, And they went and came to Moses. They've, they've already gone to the land. They've searched it out. They've brought the grapes. If we back up just a few verses the Bible says in verse number 23, And they came into the brook of Eskel and cut down from thence a branch with one cluster of grapes. And they bear it between two upon a staff. Now I don't know about you, but when I go to the grocery store, I don't have to have somebody else help me carry grapes. I go get a little bag and I may put two pounds in there and it's a couple of, of clusters. I don't need my wife to help me carry it. And by the way, my wife doesn't need me to help her carry it. They needed help. Had to be two men carrying one cluster of grapes, the Bible says, and they bear it between two upon a staff, and they brought of the pomegranates and of the figs. The place was called the brook Eskel because of the cluster of grapes which the children of Israel cut down from thence. And they returned from searching of the land after 40 days. Now again, we know the 40 years that they spent in the wilderness coincided with the 40 day, the 40 years coincided with the 40 days that they went and spied out the land and God judged them gave them one year for each day that they were spying out the land in verse number 26 and they went and came to Moses and to Aaron and to all the congregation of the children of Israel under the wilderness of Paran to Kadesh and brought back word unto them unto all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land and they told him and said, We came into the land whither thou sentest us. We, we did what you told us to do, Moses. We went to the land where you sent us. And surely, now look, they, they're giving a good report. And surely it floweth with milk and honey. Hey, Moses, this is the fruit of it. Nevertheless, nevertheless, boy, that's a word that'll get us, won't it? Now, by the way, that's a word that'll help us too. In 2 Samuel, David comes to Jerusalem. Jebusites are inhabiting the land or inhabiting the city. And David comes in there in 2 Samuel and Saul has died. And he comes and he says, look, the Jebusites have been in Jerusalem. They've been here way too long. We're going to take Jerusalem. And he uses the word, he says, nevertheless... And the Bible says, nevertheless, David took the stronghold of Zion. He took Jerusalem. So that, word's, that word can be used in positive and negative. Here it's negative. Nevertheless. Hey, the fruit's great. The pomegranates, the grapes. But nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land. And the cities are walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south and the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the mountains and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and the, by the coast of Jordan. And Caleb, here we go. Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once. Hey, in, in Joshua 14 when we read, when Caleb said, I told you my heart, this is what he told them. The, the, Numbers chapter 13 is what, what, uh, what Caleb told them. He said, let us go up at once and take it. Let us go. Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. By the way, in chapter number 14, he says, they are bread for us. The Bible says, but. In verse number 31, the men that went up with him said, we be not able to go up against the people. for They are stronger than we. Let me ask you tonight, how do you think Caleb felt at this moment? By the way, I, I do not know, the Bible does not tell us. I do not know the conversations that these 12 individuals had on the way back to Kadesh Barnea. Wow. Can you imagine living in this land? Flows with milk and honey. The grapes that we get to eat. The pomegranates. The land is already ready for us. The, the, the homes are already built. The, the fruits, the, the vineyards, the, the oliveyards, they're already, they're already planted. They're ready. And all we have to do is, is possess it. God has promised us. And can you imagine the conversations headed back to, to Kadesh Barnea to see Moses, to report to Moses? I don't know what they said. I don't know their conversations. But can you imagine if the conversation, excuse me, was all positive on the way back? 
And then they got back to Moses and Kadesh Barnea and ten of them fell off the wagon and said, you know what, I don't think we can do it. You ever had that happen to you? You ever had that happen to you when some people were with you and some people were, were for something and some people were, oh yeah, we're going to do it, we're going to do it, we're going to do it. And then you get in the middle of the situation and they cower and shrink back into the shadows. Can I tell you tonight, that's disappointing. That, that hurts you a little bit sometimes. That may even hurt your feelings a little bit. That may even cause you to go inward a little bit and, and maybe go to your house and say, man alive, what in the world is wrong with those people? Well, we were all on the same page and then all of a sudden when push came to shove and people started asking questions and we figured out not everybody was on board with it. Man, boy, we just shrank back into the shadows and we left Joshua and Caleb all by themselves. Can you imagine the disappointment? But the men that went up with him said, we've been not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than we. Can you imagine Caleb's disappointment in the fact that here are 12 men They all serve the same God, or at least they say they do. And only two of them are ready to go take the land. That's disappointing, isn't it? Now, we have back at the beginning of chapter number 13, we we have their names. Can you imagine Joshua and Caleb getting together or maybe just going back to their homes or going back to their tents and... Maybe Caleb's laying there that night and he's hearing all the weeping that starts that begins in chapter number 14. The Bible says the people wept that night. He hears all the weeping. And Caleb in his heart, he's disappointed because he's thinking, you know what, they don't have to be weeping. We can go take it right now. They're bread for us. Can I tell you tonight, Caleb's hands were not deterred by painful disappointments. Because I'm here to tell you tonight, I'm not here to hurt you whatsoever. I'm here to, here to help tonight and encourage you. Look, painful disappointments are going to come. You know what you keep doing? You keep your hands to the plow. Because the painful disappointments will come. People will disappoint you. So what do you do? You just keep serving the Lord. You just keep doing what God has called you to do. In verse number 32, And they brought up an evil report of the land which they had uh, searched unto the children of Israel, saying, The land to which we have gone to search it, is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof. And all the people that we saw in it are men of a great stature. They saw the giants there. They saw the sons of Anak there. There we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. And so we were in their sight. Chapter number 14, the Bible says, And all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried, and the people wept that night. And all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron. Again, disappointment. Caleb and Joshua. Why are they murmuring? Why are they mad at Moses? All Moses has done is led us out of Egypt, led us through the Red Sea, brought us here to the place that we're getting ready to go into the promised land. Moses has done nothing but good for us. Moses has listened to the Lord. Why are they murmuring against Moses? Why are they mad at Moses? Verse 3, and wherefore? Verse number 2, we have those infamous statements, foolish statements. By the way, let's not be so pious. We make foolish statements sometimes as well. Would God that we had died in the land of Egypt. Or would God we had died in the wilderness? And wherefore hath the Lord brought us unto this land to fall by the sword that our wives and our children should be a prey? Were it not better for us to return return into Egypt? And they said one to another, Let us make a captain. Let us return into Egypt. And Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly of the congregation of the children of Israel. Joshua the son of Nun and Caleb the son of Jephunneh, which were of them that searched the land, rent their clothes. And they spake unto all the company of the children of Israel, saying, The land which we pass through to search it is an exceeding good land. If the Lord delight in us, then He will bring us into this land and give it us a land which floweth with milk and honey. Only rebel not ye against the Lord, neither fear ye the people of the land, for they are bread for us. 
their defenses departed from them. Hey, I know the cities are, are walled. Their defenses are great. I know that. But their defense is departed from them. And the Lord is with us. Fear them not. Number one tonight, Caleb's hands were not deterred by painful disappointments. You think Caleb left that meeting that day and felt a little betrayed? By the way, even more than that, do you think God heard that meeting that day and felt a little betrayed? Because he was the one that had promised. He's the one that said, I'll go with you. I'll, find you. I'll give you the land. It's yours. It's as, excuse me, as if it's yours already. Number two, number one, his hands were not deterred by painful disappointments. Listen, tonight, Maranatha Baptist Church family, disappointments may come. Just keep your hands to the plow. People may disappoint you. I'll tell you this tonight, I have no desire to do so. I will never strive to do so, but there may come a day when I disappoint you. I don't want to do that. I pray to God I don't. But if I ever disappoint you, let me say this, God will never disappoint you. God will never, ever disappoint you. That's why you can keep going on. That's why you can keep your hands to the plow. That's why I can keep my hands to the plow when people might disappoint, when when, uh, circumstances may disappoint us. Joshua, excuse me, Caleb was not deterred by painful disappointments. Number two, Caleb's hands were not diminished by passing days. Caleb's hands were not diminished by passing days. Back in Joshua chapter number 14, he's 85 years old now. Verse number 10 says, in verse number 11 he says, As yet... I am as strong this day as I was in the day that Moses sent me as my strength was then. Even so is my strength now for war both to go out and to come in. Again, tonight they're talking about physical strength. We're not talking about physical strength. We're talking about spiritual strength. Hey, take your Bibles if you would and go go forward if you would to the book of Ezra. Would you go to the book of Ezra with me? Ezra chapter number 4. His hands, Caleb's hands were not deterred by painful disappointments. But secondly, tonight, Caleb's hands were not diminished. His strength was not diminished by passing days. Ezra chapter number 4. doesn't matter if you're 20. It doesn't matter if you're 10, 15, 20. doesn't matter if you're 50. It doesn't matter if you're 40 in here tonight or 70. Spiritually speaking, tonight, our hands should, just be, should be just as strong today as they were 10 years ago, 20 years ago. By the way, I I pray, spiritually speaking, that our hands will be just as strong on the day that the Lord takes us home as they are today. Spiritually speaking. Now, I know physically speaking they won't be. But spiritually speaking, God help us that. They will look at Ezra chapter number 4. But I say that and I give you that characteristic tonight because here's the truth. The enemy would love to weaken your hands. That's what the enemy does. That's what the enemy desires to do. is to weaken our hands, spiritually speaking. Look at Ezra chapter 4. Again, a physical example. Ezra chapter number 4. The Bible says, Now when the adversaries of Judah and Benjamin heard that the children of the captivity builded the temple unto the Lord God of Israel, then they came to Zerubbabel and to the chief of the fathers and said to them, Let us build with you, for we seek your God as ye do. And we do sacrifice unto him since the days of Esarhaddon, king of Aser, which brought us up hither. But Zerubbabel and Jeshua and the rest of the chief of the fathers of Israel said unto them, You have nothing to do with us to build an house unto our God, but we ourselves together will build unto the Lord God of Israel, as King Cyrus the king of Persia hath commanded us. They said, Hey, come on, let's, uh, let, let us build with you. He said, Uh-uh. Nope. Not happening. Because I know who you are. I know your words. I know you're tricksters. I know you are deceivers. You, you, have, you, you do not have our best intentions at heart. I know who you are. And he said, no, you're not going to do it. Notice verse 4. And what happened when they said that? Then the Bible says the people of the land, what's the word there? Weakened the hands of the people of Judah and troubled them in building. Notice this, and hired counselors against them to frustrate their purpose all the days of Cyrus, king of Persia, even until the reign of Darius, king of Persia. What did they do? Weaken their hands. Hey, we just want to build with you. 
Zerubbabel, we just want to build. We're, we're going to help you rebuild this temple. Your God is our God. We're just like you. And he said, no, you're not. You, you don't believe like we do. You don't serve the same God I do. At least you don't serve Him in the same manner. No, no, no. You're not going to come and build with us. Boy, by the way, great lesson for us today. People want to quote that verse all the time. How good it is is for saints to dwell in unity. That's a great verse as long as we all dwell in unity when it comes to the truth. We don't ever, listen, we don't ever compromise for the truth. Well, we just want to be unified. It's good for the saints to dwell in unity. Yeah, as as long as we're all unified around the same truth. By the way, in Numbers chapter 13, who left who? Did Joshua and Caleb leave the other ten or did the other ten leave Joshua and Caleb? By the way, more specifically, who left God? That's the better question. Was it Joshua and Caleb or was it the ten spies? Who left God? Who left God's promises? Joshua and Caleb are still standing where they've always stood. Courageous faith in God's promises. Hey, they're bread for us. Let's go do it. But the other ten walked away. No. No, no, no. They're, they're too strong for us. Nezer chapter number 4. Zerubbabel and the remnant that have returned. They're trying to rebuild the temple. And the enemy comes. And by the way, we know they're the enemy because in verse number 5, they, in verse number 4, the Bible says they tried to weaken the hands. If they were really for that building, they wouldn't have done what they did in verses 4 and 5. They weakened the hands of the people of Judah and troubled them in building. And they even went so far as to hire counselors against them. Maybe they hired some some crooked building inspectors. Zerubbabel, your foundation's not good. Nope. Nope, you didn't dig far enough down. You didn't get down to the rock. Foundation's not good. Got to do it again. Ah, uh, Zerubbabel. Uh-uh. Electricity's not wired very well. And by the way, I know they didn't have electricity. Or did they? Not wired right. Obviously, they hired counselors to frustrate their purpose. You see, men like Caleb and men like Zerubbabel, their hands are not diminished by passing days. Forty-five years, Caleb has waited. The remnant here in Ezra, they've waited 70 years to come back. Probably a little bit more than 70 by now, but they've waited 70 years to come back. And now they've got people trying to frustrate and weaken their hands. They say, oh, we're just going to keep building. Now, I know there was a time when they stopped and all that, but they said, no, we're, we're going to keep building. Number one tonight, Caleb's hands were not deterred by painful disappointments. Number two tonight, Caleb's hands were not diminished by passing days. Pastor, I've been serving the Lord for 40 years. Keep serving Him. It's not a time to retire. God God never gives us and never tells us in His Scriptures that we're to retire from His service. There's never a time to retire. I understand pastors, sometimes they, they step down and become pastor emeritus because they don't feel like they can do the job that they used to. I, I get that. I, I, hope, I, I don't want to do that, but maybe that might happen. I don't know. But they don't leave His service. They're still serving in some capacity. Well, I'm 55 or I'm 60 and I've served God for a long time and so now I'm just going to I'm just going to retire. Retired from my physical job, from my career. And so we're retired. My wife and I, we're retired. And we're just going to travel for the next 10 years. How about you just serve in your church for the next 10 years? We're just going to travel. We're going to see the world. We're going to enjoy life. 
Who do you think gave you that life? Who do you think gave you that ability? Who gave you that prosperity? And who gave you the ability to be, be able to retire? Who, who brought you to that point? Who blessed you in such a way? And now we're just going to set him to the side just because of an age? And for the next 10 years, we're going to travel and we're going to forget about our local church and forget about the God that blessed us all those years. You see, men like Caleb, their hands aren't diminished by the passing of days. Then let me give you a third one. Go back to Joshua chapter 14 if you would. We'll finish right here. Caleb's hands were not deterred by painful disappointments. They were not diminished by passing days. I love it when people have served the Lord for decades and boy, they still have vision about what God wants them to continue to do. They they, they still see that there are things out there that God wants them to do. They haven't packed it in. They haven't resigned and retired on God. Because the passing of days hasn't diminished their spiritual hands. Then number three tonight, look at Joshua chapter 14. Caleb's hands were determined because of a promised destination. Number three tonight, Caleb's hands were determined because of a promised destination. He's 85 now. What was Caleb looking forward to for all of those years? Hey, the 40 years they're in the wilderness. Caleb's there. He's seeing all these people die. Funeral service after funeral service after funeral service after funeral service until they're all dead, 20 years and older. And now they can go into the promised land. He, he, he has endured that. Why? Because of a promise that had been made to him. We're not going to read the entirety of the passage again, but just notice verse number 12. Now therefore, give me this what? This mountain. Now therefore, give me this mountain whereof the Lord spake in that day. For thou heardest in that day how the Anakims were there, and that the cities were great and fenced. If so be the Lord will be with me, then I shall be able to drive them out as the Lord said. And Joshua blessed him and gave unto Caleb the son of Jephunneh Hebron for an inheritance. Number one, Caleb's hands were not deterred by painful disappointments. Caleb's hands were not diminished by passing days. Because Caleb's hands were determined because of a promised destination. Hey Caleb... You're going to have this land. What is it in the scriptures that God has promised us? He's promised us many things. He's promised us a home in heaven. What is it upon this earth that God has promised us that ought to help us to keep our hands to the plow? He's promised us so many things here. He's promised us, and we use the phrase, and please don't ever ever get tired of the repetition, but He's promised us the abundant Christian life if we desire it. But many times, and I include myself in that, many times we're so satisfied with, the, with mediocrity. We're satisfied with what the world has to offer instead of what God has already promised. We're satisfied with, with five or six hours on social media every day and, and we give two minutes to the Word of God and we think we've done something. We think we've done God a favor because we spent two minutes in the Word or, or maybe we posted a verse on social media and then we spent the rest of our day wasting it on things that have no eternal value. And we think we did God a favor. Is that the promise that God has given us? Is that the abundant Christian life? No. And then we wonder... Then Christian homes wonder, Christian moms and dads and Christian husbands and wives wonder, 
man, what's wrong with my home? Why are my husband and I always fighting? Why are my wife and I always fighting? Why, 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 why do the kids not listen? Why do I have such a problem at work with my boss? Why do I have such a problem with all the ladies at work? Because we're not living the abundant Christian life. Because we're settling for mediocrity. We're settling for the American dream. But pastor, the American dream is good. No, the American dream is killing Christians. Because we're killing ourselves to have the American dream. What is the American dream? I love America and I'm thankful I'm here. I love Tennessee. I'm glad I'm a Tennessean. But why did God place us here? Did He place us here to experience the American dream? Because not all Christians get to experience the American dream. A lot of Christians don't. Is that the only reason He put us here? Well, we, American dream, you know, pull ourselves up by our bootstraps and, and boy, we, we, we can do anything we want to do. And I, I'm, I'm for that. I'm for us working hard. I, I, I'm thankful for, for, for independent mindedness many times. But man, that's, that's not all God left us here for. He left us here to live the abundant Christian life. Not to get a 4,000 square foot house and three cars in the garage and, and, a, and a side-by-side and, and, and two four-wheelers and all the toys that we can have. And I'm not preaching against that tonight. But I am preaching against it if that's all we're living for. And we leave our kids to just kind of fend for themselves and make it on their own. And we leave our spouses to themselves to make it on their own. Look, Caleb, his hands were determined because he had a promised destination. And I said all that simply to say this. We let, we let all those little side things keep our hands from being determined. Because we have our hands in so many different activities Most of them, again, that have no eternal value. And so our hands aren't determined and fixed upon the spiritual plow that God desires for it to be fixed upon. And so, hey, I've got all these activities over here. And if if God wants me to do this, well, I don't really have time for that. Because somebody told me this week, somebody made a great statement. Church ought to be the excuse why we don't do other things. Other things are many times the reason why we don't do church. Church ought to be the reason why we don't do other things. Brother Rick and I, we stopped and saw a man yesterday, and we, we saw him a few weeks ago, had a great visit with him, but I was, I was grieved at a statement he said. You know, we were just encouraging him to come to church, and he and his wife, and they're an older couple, and, and um, this is what he said. He said, you know what, you can't plan that. He said, you can't plan to go to church. It just kind of has to happen if you have time that day. Something to that effect. But he did say you can't plan it. And I'm thankful that Brother Rick was on the driver's side and I was on the other side because I couldn't really talk to him. But I'm just sitting there thinking, oh, dear sir, you plan to do everything else? Dear sir, you could plan every week to be in God's house. By the way, the things that we plan are usually the things that we do. And he said, well, you can't, you can't plan to go to church. That just kind of has to happen on the spur of the moment if you have time. No, because that never happens on the spur of the moment. Because something else always happens on the spur of the moment. And you have to plan to be in the house. And Caleb was a man. Painful disappointments that 45 years have passed. His hands are still determined. And his hands are still on the plow. And he says, I want that mountain. I want the mountain that God has promised me. And you know what? Tonight we can say as believers, Hey God, you've promised us the abundant Christian life. God, you've promised us a peace that passeth all understanding. God, you've promised that our homes could be peaceful and our our marriages can be peaceful. You've promised that we can have peace with our children. You've promised us that, that we can have your power when we go give the gospel. You've promised us all of these things. 
God, help my hands to be determined. Help my hands to be on the plow. 45 years is a long time, isn't it? To wait for something that you could have had 45 years earlier. And because of some painful disappointments, you didn't get it. But you know what Caleb didn't do? Caleb didn't go sulk and pout and throw in the towel and say, well, y'all can have it. I'm not waiting 40 years. Because God told him, you're going to wander in this wilderness for 40 years. One year for every day that you went and spied out the land. 40 years until all of those 20 years and upward are dead. You're going to wander in the wilderness. I'm not doing that. I'm going to the house and doing something else. He didn't say that, did he? Nope. God's promised us. We're going into the land of Canaan. I may have to wait. And by the way, I'm having to wait and not because of my own doing either. But I'm going to keep my hands determined because I want that mountain. He was not deterred by painful disappointments. He was not diminished his hands by passing days. His hands were determined because of a promised destination. And listen, tonight, we have a promised destination, do we not? Do you have a home waiting for you in heaven right now? If you know Christ, you do. John chapter 14, He's building you a mansion. By the way, not a room, a mansion. He's building it for you. You have a promised destination. And and so, until you get to that promised destination, we're supposed to keep our hands to the plow. We're supposed to keep serving. We're supposed to keep reading His Word, obeying His Word, being faithful, being reverent, being obedient. We're we're supposed to keep our hands to the plow. I encourage us tonight, I challenge us tonight to have hands like Caleb. Don't know what physically they looked like, but I do know what they looked like spiritually. I do know what they looked like when it came to determination and courage, faith in God's promises. I know exactly what they looked like. God help us tonight, that would be us. It might take 45 years for you to see the result. Stay at it. Stay at it. We live in a microwave society, have it right now. We live in not a microwave society, we live in an Amazon society now. You get it today. If you want it today, you can have it today. That's not how God works. Is it? No. That's not how God works. God says, you just be faithful. And you keep being faithful. And you keep staying at it. And you keep staying at it. Moms and dads, you keep staying at it. Husbands and wives, you keep loving each other and staying at it and staying at it and staying at it and staying at it. I'll let you see the results. I'll let you see the produce. I'll let you see the good consequences. Let's have hands like Caleb tonight. Father, thank you for the time. Thank you for your word. Help us, Lord. Lord, help us not to let things deter us. We're going to be disappointed. It's going to happen. And sometimes they're very painful disappointments, but Lord, help it not to deter us. Father, the days are passing and they are passing. But Father, spiritually speaking, may our hands and the strength of them not be diminished. Because very simply, we are determined because of that promised destination. Father, we're looking for that blessed hope and everyone that hath that hope purifieth himself even as you are pure. Help us tonight, Lord. In Christ's name I do pray. Amen. Let's do this. Stand to our feet tonight if you can. If you're physically able with heads bowed and eyes closed, Miss Pam's at the piano. Look, the invitation is there. Believer, how is it tonight? Do you have hands like Caleb's? If not, maybe you come and pray. Maybe around the platform, maybe around one of these, excuse me, front pews or maybe right where you're at. Miss Pam's going to play. You, you pray. You have hands like Caleb? Hey, you're here tonight, so you haven't been deterred by painful disappointments. You're here. You might have some painful disappointments in your heart tonight, but you're still here. And I praise God for that tonight. The days are passing. Boy, they're passing quickly. God, help us to stay determined tonight. Because we have a promised destination. And by the way, not just because we have a promised destination of heaven one day. We, we have the promises right now. We don't have to wait until heaven 
God has given us promises while we live upon this earth. Well, pastor, I've never seen any of those promises. Well, then just stay at it. Caleb didn't see him either for 40 plus years. Stay at it. If it's right, if it's God's Word, stay at it. If it's truth, then stay at it. But pastor, so many are leaving truth. They're never going to get to see the blessings that God has for them. They're never going to get to see the rewards that God has. Caleb got the mountain, didn't he? We didn't even read it, but in Joshua chapter number 15, verse 14, he got the mountain. By the way, he drove out all of the giants. It's not Kerjath Arba anymore, it's Hebron. The giants are gone. We got rid of the enemy. Do a study on the name Hebron sometime. Patience. Courage. Faith in God's promises. Stay at it. You know what we need today? We just need Christians who stay. They just stay. They just stay faithful to the Lord Jesus Christ. Not faithful to a man or to necessarily a place, but faithful to the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm thankful for men who go to a place and stay. And they just stay. It's not easy. There would be easier places they could go to, but they just stay. They just stay. Because they know God has called them there and they stay. And every now and then, a little bit by a little bit, God lets them see the results. God lets them see some of the blessings for staying. God lets them see some of the rewards for being faithful, being steadfast and staying. Hey man, men tonight, sir tonight, God will bless you if you stay faithful with your wife. She's not easy to live with. Well, you're probably not either. Just stay. Stay faithful. Teenagers tonight, well boy, pastor, if you knew my parents, it's hard to live with my parents. It's probably hard to live with you. Just stay faithful to your parents and stay faithful to Christ. Stay. Stay determined. Hands like Caleb. Amen. Thanks so much for your attention tonight, all day today. It's been good. Thank you for your attendance. Teenagers, parents, if they can stay, they have a fifth quarter tonight. Those going on the teen advance, if you have any questions for me, please see me tonight. Uh, We're going to leave at 8 or a little bit before if we can in the morning. So uh, at least try to be here by 745, 750 if you can. We can get loaded and get gone. Um, Otherwise, let's pray. We'll be dismissed. And we'll see everybody Wednesday night. Brother Rick Jurdak, would you pray for us tonight, please, sir?